Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. Joe, what is the, like, I don't want to say the largest human you've ever been around. I mean, I guess you, you've been around professional athletes. But I was going to say, it's probably a bill. Did you see the picture I posted last night? Go to my Twitter feed. Let me see. I'm going to miss it. You were, you need to, this is the, this person. is the, this is the Altuve judge picture, picture, but I'm in it. Marcus Harrison. Okay. Yes. Yep. Joe, that's a high school kid. St. Francis is going to be playing for Georgia next year. Yes. I mean, he looked, I was going to say. I was about to make he's, a joke about he's going to be playing at Georgia. No, he's going to be playing at Georgia. He's going to be playing at Georgia. That's not a joke. Wow. He is a, yeah, he's a, he's a tall person. I mean, I played high school football for Orchard Park, and we didn't have anybody on our team that was like that size. He's 6'8", 330. 6'8". He's a high school senior here in Western New York for St. Francis. Holy cow. I put on my Twitter feed last night. It looks like, you know the Altuve judge picture people talk about? Yes. And you, you, that's, yeah. This is what that is. Or there was like a John Scott, Nathan Gerby yes, picture back yes. in the day. Right? That's what this is. Yeah. No, literally, you are at his, uh, you're at his chest. He's 6'8", 330, plays high school football. And like he could pick you up, and it feels like he could pick you up and throw you thirty yards if he really wanted to. Oh, hundred yeah. percent, he could. Yeah, he's also a Division One offensive lineman. He's not just a tall dude. No, right. Yeah, no, right. It's not like right. We're not talking like this wasn't like in a, ba- a basketball award show where you know a little <laughs> bit more slender, right? Like right. No, this this he could shot put you if he wanted. To. And the reason I have the picture, just so everybody knows, is this young man won the Trench Trophy Award which is given to the top high school linemen in all of Western New York, offensive and defense. They actually have an offensive award, a defensive award, and an overall award, which doesn't preclude you if you win one of the others. But uh, some great, there were you know 12 finalists last night, great kids, huge kids, a lot of them. Some are a little smaller, obviously. And this young man won it, and he's going to Georgia. Yeah, four, four-star recruit. How often do you get four-star right. recruits locally? Here in Buffalo. Not, not that often, right? No, and that's what I think is really cool. I don't think he's from here originally. He said he's not from Buffalo. I don't know where he's exactly from. I, I could have at found least that his, out. His, his, I'm only looking at like one scouting profile, but it's listed as Hamburg. 
But th- that could just be no, you know, right, where right. he was he, I think he's I think yeah. where he grew up. I don't think he was born here is my point. But gotcha. I think he did grow up there, yeah. Um, but he's going to Georgia. It was really wow. cool. Kids, Kid is amazing. Like, just the, all these kids were. It was great. It was a great night last night. The reason I'm a part of this, I was not a lineman. I was a skinny wide receiver in DB. But my old high school coach, Carl Curris, founded the Trench Trophy back in 2003, I think it was. And because, you know, for many years it was just the Connolly Cup, which is given to the best player. And that's always a running back or a quarterback. Wide receiver, DB, a skill guy. So he's, he founded the the Trench Trophy to recognize the best lineman. It's become a really, really nice big deal here in Western New York. And unfortunately, uh, Coach Kerr has passed away this past year. And I has, have always you know supported him in, in this award banquet. So I go there last night and I'm presenting it. And I'm speaking to the young men that are on hand and their families and their coaches. And they asked me to present the final award. This was him. So he comes up. And Joe, when he comes up and he walks up, I give it to him. And we go to take the picture. People are just laughing. They're laughing because I'm standing next to him and they're taking these pictures, right? So, yeah. I'm, so I started jumping up and down to try and get up to his level. It's hilarious. I can't believe there is a kid that big here in Western New York that's going to Georgia. Good for him. Anyway, check it out. I uh, just wanted to start it off by giving a nice shout out. Great job last night. Uh, love supporting the high school area, you know, athletics programs. And Trench Trophy was last night. Marcus Harrison is his name. And you can find that on my Twitter feed and take a look at this young man. He's 6'8", and he's going to Georgia next year. All right, also last night, though, while I was there, two things were going on. Number one, Sabres, big win at the Bruins, nice win. Mm-hmm. Number two, Steelers, big loss to the New England Patriots. Where do you want to start? Which one do you want to go with? We pick just... one. Pick pick a revolving door here. We can start talk... with we'll Pittsburgh losing. Okay. Pittsburgh losing. Good result for the Bills. Yes. For two reasons. Yeah, I was going to say for t- for two reasons. Steelers yeah. lose. They yep. go to 7-6. and six. Yep. Patriots don't get any closer to the number one pick. Right. They're still technically second. Yes. But now they're tied and they could actually be passed or, or something. Um, so they they can fall out of those top two picks. And it becomes more likely they can't pick first because now they're two games back of that. So definitely good news on that front. And yeah, Pittsburgh, like I think their spot is going to be available. So Someone else will take their spot. So it could be Houston. And hey, even if that happens, let's say Houston takes one of the, a spot and they'll take Pittsburgh's, then the Bills can still get in because the Colts and the Browns are vulnerable too. But I, I don't think Pittsburgh makes it to the finish line. They've lost two games to teams that going in had, what, three combined wins? I think that was their oh no uh, four, four four combined wins they were Two, both two yeah. win teams yeah going in and they lost to both and man last night it looked like they were about to get blown out they were down by what eighteen at the half or maybe it was seven at the half but it was eighteen at one point so not just not a good look at all the, their you, offense looks completely broken do you would you say the same thing if Pickett was their quarterback um pretty much. Yeah, I mean, Trubisky was not very good last night, but I don't really think there's much of a difference between the two. Maybe the one difference is Trubisky turns the ball over a little bit more. Um, but I don't think there's a large gap between the two. I think they are what they are, no matter if it's Trubisky or if it's Pickett. So, yeah, if Pickett comes back, I still I still would pick them to miss. I mean, obviously the Patriots' defense is a good defense. We recognize that. Yep. But, yep. but even though the Steelers had a nice uptick after switching offensive coordinators and finally broke that sub 400 yard streak they had going on last night they had 264 yards of offense 264 they averaged four yards of play and they have not they have scored i think it's they have not scored more than is 24 the number yeah they have not scored more than 24 points since week one of this season 
Like they just there, there's no games where they like even the game they had 400 yards that we that we talked about they broke that streak. They only scored 16 points in that game. Like for some reason they just can't put it all together the same the same day. So well, week one they got crushed by the 49ers. Oh maybe it was hold on hold on week two they played the Browns. That's what it was. It must be week two then. Okay. They scored, uh, yeah, 26. I'm now. 26. 26? Okay. But you know what? I Let me look. They might have a defensive touchdown in that game. I'm going to look right now. Yes, they had an interception return in that game. Their offense did not score 26. So not a single time all year their offense has scored more than 24 points? Wait a minute. In and that game, they had two defensive touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. They had an interception that return is and a T.J. Watt fumble return. That is unbelievable. Their closing schedule, by the way, so they lost back-to-back games to their two easiest opponents they had left. By the way, both those games were at home. It wasn't just that they were bad teams. They played Arizona and New England at home and lost the games. Now they go on the road to play Indy, home Cincinnati, and then road Seattle, road Baltimore is what they close out with. They could lose all four of those games. But I think 1-3 and is probably their most likely record. And if they go 1-3 and in those four... That's an eight-win football team. That is not good enough to get in the playoffs. The Their next game is the Colts, as you just point out. The Colts' next game is this weekend against the Bengals. That's a tricky one because you could go either way. But I did kind of look at all the math here. Joe, it is possible. Let me pull up the standings here. It is possible. <coughs> no, you would need, for this to happen, you'd need the Jets to beat the Texans. So even if that doesn't happen, you could have most of these things happen. But it is possible that by the end of this week, the Browns, the Colts, the Texans, the Steelers, the Broncos, the Bengals, and the Bills could all be seven and six. Seven teams could be seven and six. You'd have Man. to have certain things go certain ways, obviously. You'd be tied for the five seed, let alone a playoff spot. And obviously, yeah. and the Bills wouldn't be there because of the tiebreakers. But right. wouldn't we all take that right now? If if there was a oh, five, if there was a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven team logjam at seven and six, we would feel like they're destined to get in. We would feel I think like so. I mean, we'd be talking about getting. We would be talking about if all that happened. They they beat the Chiefs and they get all of that help. It's a lot to have happen. I know, but if it did, then I think we're talking about how high can they get seating wise? How important is the five versus the seven, for instance, and start playing around with different potential playoff matchups. Yep. So, yeah, like I I think man, if they beat the Chiefs and even with the Cowboys coming in and they get that help, it's gonna feel like they're destined to make it. Because that's kind of the story of the AFC right now, is nobody else is really looking like they're ready to just take a spot and run with it. And if you get further confirmation of that this weekend, and the Bills beat Kansas City, yeah, it's, it's going to feel like it's their spot for the taking. One of the three is going to be theirs. Bills, Kansas City, in Kansas City against the Chiefs, Sunday, 425 p.m. here on WGR. It's a Buffalo football Friday. Here on the Extra Point Show, Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase. It's presented by Topps Markets. Score big savings and elevate your food game. We will have Sean McDermott, a little less than an hour, about an hour from now. So right after 11 o'clock at some point there, uh, we'll have the Buffalo Bills head coach. Obviously, a big story yesterday, the article that uh, was written and came out by Tyler Dunn. Uh, Sean addressed a piece of that article last night. Early evening, I guess, uh, with some of the media who were still down at One Bills Drive. Um, That was something he felt was important at the time, but we're going to ask him about that as well when he comes on and if there's anything else you know, he wants to add to that. He said he was going to talk with his team, addressing the part um, about the speech that was in there with 9-11. So we'll talk with Sean about that. And, of course, we'll talk about injuries and Von Miller's status and if anything's changed since Wednesday. So we'll do all of that today here on the Extra Point Show on WGR. Pat Hammer is going to join us at 
1130 for our weekly weather segment as well. The Bills have a chance to go to Kansas City and win in a place where they've had success, not in the playoffs, but in the regular season. And if they do, they do climb to 7-6. and six. I think people would feel a lot better. And Joe, I'm feeling a lot better looking at the Kansas City injury report. We'll get more today, but right yeah. now Isaiah Pacheco has not practiced for two straight days. Right. This is a team that hasn't been able to throw the ball as well as they normally would like to, mainly because of the receivers, not because of Patrick Mahomes. They've been leaning on Pacheco. If they don't have Pacheco, I mean, you make them believe and maybe a little bit more lean on that passing game, which has struggled for them. They really, too, are one of the few teams in the league that kind of incorporate a uh, like a, a, a bell cow. Um, I mean, not, not to the... Has he become that? A, a little bit. Like, he's not all the way there, but he is... At uh, you know maybe he's a little bit t- more towards the middle. He's eleventh in the league in percentage of his team's uh, touches from running back, seventy point four percent. That's still a big number, seventy point four percent. Seventh in carries in the league, fifth in yeah. red zone touches. They love using him around the goal line. Um, yeah, he is. He's their guy. He's a violent runner, and he completely took over that job from Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Was a first round pick. And I man, I've got Clyde Edwards-Helaire still like stashed in dynasty leagues, like just in case he ever gets in there as the starter. And I could tell you from watching him week to week, that guy never gets touches. Like he never one or two a week. So that is the Pacheco show in that backfield. McKinnon can still catch the ball. That's really, I guess, where the split comes. Mahomes is generally their second leading rusher. Rusher as oh, far yeah. as volume of carries. But in this game, again, I think they would be putting Clyde Edwards-Helaire in yes. as their number 1 and he has he has not had more than 3 carries since week 3. It's not even like a Lat- Latavius Murray is someone that spells James Cook, right? And has a role in the offense. Right. He gets more than 3 carries in a game, a lot. Not all the time, but a lot. And Edwards-Helaire like that never happens. So they'd be going to a player that they just don't really they don't really use a complete reserve, and as much as running back, and he doesn't have much production. By the way, it doesn't have much I mean, production when he, either. When he, when he has played, there's been there was one game he had two carries for twenty yards, so that inflated his yards per carry at ten. But the other yards per carry for the year, I mean, two for six, three for five, oh two for five, like nothing over four. Yeah, there's nothing happening there. So, and you know, it is running back, so you don't want to think that it matters too much, but it does matter some. I I really think that them not having Donovan Smith on the offensive line is yeah. going to be the bigger impact. And Donovan Smith most likely won't play. He is their left tackle. Andy Reid came out on Wednesday and said that most likely it would be Wanye Morris who would be playing instead. Wanye Morris is a rookie left tackle. He has not started yet in the NFL. If Wanye Morris starts against the Bills, it'll be his first NFL start. He played 46 snaps against the Packers. He had like eight snaps before that. By the way, whenever I hear the name Wanye Morris, I think of Boys to Men. Are you a Boys to Men fan? I am not. In fact... Well, no, I am, but I didn't. Not enough to where I knew who Wanya Morris was. Now you do, right? When you said his name earlier, I went to Google it and I just clicked on the first link I saw, <laughs> and I'm at, I'm on right. I'm on like the Boys to Men yes. Wikipedia page. I'm like, how did I end up here? What what just happened? Did I spell it wrong? No, it's the same name. Okay. If you if you're not familiar, so, Wanya Morris is the Boys to Men singer. He's kind of shorter with the higher voice and. I I'm a big Boys to Men fan. I like Boys to Men, and it's the same name. I did a little research, Joe. He's named kind of after Wanya Morris. Okay. He the, the story goes, from what I read about this Wanya Morris for the Chiefs, people have always asked him, 
are you, is it, are you related or whatever? He said, my mom and his sister, his mom and his aunt were boys to men fans. And the aunt suggested, well, his last name is Morris. We like boys to men. How about Wanye? Okay. That's why they named him Wanye Morris. Feels appropriate that yeah. you would say he was named after Wanya Morris. I, I would think so too. <laughs> I did. I was wondering, like, is this his kid? No, Maybe, it's like, not. It's yeah. not. It didn't end up being that. But. No, but his, his name was inspired. But anyway, this guy just. By the way, <laughs> we're making, we're like having some fun with his name here. This guy does not play. Kind of like Edward Solaire. Like, didn't you reference earlier? Like, he's played like it's a couple snaps. Forty six snaps last week. Before that was like eight snaps the okay. whole year. Right. The whole year. And he, that was in maybe late duty. And that's going to be Mahomes' blind side this week. Could very well be. That's yeah. right. And I, I, I was reading some of the Chiefs fans, and they're like, okay, well, obviously that stinks. But some said that he came in last week and he got better as the game went on. Well, that's fine, but obviously the Bills are going to be aware of who's playing who's not playing. They'll have a strategy, and then the Bills. You know, what, you know what's interesting about the Bills this year? I was going through, you know, every week I do their stats. I do their weekly rankings, right? Do you realize, and I didn't know until I did the weekly rankings, the Buffalo Bills this year, right now, they are first in the league in sacks per pass attempt on both sides of the ball, meaning at the rate of the quarterback drop back, they are getting more sacks per pass attempt on defense and giving up the fewest in the league mm-hmm. at the rate that Josh Allen drops back compared to every other quarterback. Fewest? One more time? Fewest? So if you take all the, the – they're the fewest drop uh, sacks per drop back of any oh, okay, offense okay. allowed. Yeah. And they're the most – Getting after the other team's quarterback per drop I see back what you mean. So it's, it's right. It's polar opposites on different sides of the football. Yeah, but they lead the league. Yeah, in each side. Yeah. So it's not opposite. It's the same. They're the best. They're, they're, they're the, the same. They're the best. Yes, that's right. But, okay, but, that's, but, that's what I misunderstood. Yeah, but 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 I think that's a fascinating stat because this is where the Bills have wanted to be for the last several years, getting after the quarterback. Yeah. And who would have thought? And I get Josh Allen gets you out of a lot of sacks. I understand that. Yep. There's he's not the only mobile quarterback though. No. But yet not. they're still number one in the league of not getting sacked per pass attempt. Yeah. I think it shows to show you that the offensive line's been pretty good this year. The line's been very good this year. The line's been healthy this year. Yes. I mean, isn't there like two other teams, and maybe that's it, that's had the same starting five all year long? I think one was Cincinnati a while ago, and then that changed. It might have been. I'm not positive. Yeah. And, but Kansas City, obviously, they're going through a change. So now. the health has helped, too. But, like, man, Deion Dawkins, I think, having his best year as yes. a Bill. Um Trusting PFF, like, as much as you want. Like, this is his best graded season as a Buffalo Bill. Um more staying healthy, too, has been big. Because there have always been wonders about that, right? With his concussion history, can he make it through a full season? And he has so far. And yep. Torrance, too. Like, they, they've their their upgrades have seemingly worked. Um, to the extent, too, like, you could count, you could look at some of the rushing numbers, too. But, yeah, like, they have the, they have the perfect combination of, they finally seem to have a good O-line in front of Allen. And Allen, of course, is going to be able to get away from pressure when he needs to. So... You know, Chris Jones making an impact in this game. Like, I just wouldn't assume it, given that Allen probably won't let him, and the Bills' offensive line is as equipped as ever to contain a guy like that. He is really good, though, man. But he is good. He is, but... he is a game wrecker. He can make that one play. He can disrupt the game plan. He's a guy you have to plan for. Remember last year he did make that play, but it was should trip. have been called the penalty. It's a trip, right? The trip yes. Yeah. The trip. They, we, they won anyway. What They're are we fine. doing with officials, man? <laughs> How about last night? I, the long snapper penalty? Yeah, that one, yes. Shouldn't have been a penalty. I agree. Did you see Reed, are, Reed you know, Ferguson waiting on that? He was defending his long snapping brother there. Yeah. I mean, like, come on, they called that? They are, I, they are, they are what they are, right? Like, but listen, I look, okay, but I, 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 think, I don't I'm think it was seeing, a penalty. Yeah. But they, these guys do do these things to get 
Kelsey did it against the Bills twice got called. Like they flinch, they have a yes. subtle movement. It is part of strategy to try to get the other team to jump by doing that. That's why you do it. He did lift pretty quick. I would say, though, I've seen that happen many, many times. And it's not like he was so quick that he right. was doing it on purpose. Did he? The, the question is, did he simulate a snap? And I no. have a hard time believing that. No. From the long snapper last night, yeah. If they, okay, if they get the first down, do they go down and kick the field goal, tie the game? No, they probably punt it, you know, a, <laughs> know. Minute, a minute later after, after right. throwing three incompletions. Did you see Tomlin kind of got, it almost seemed like he got bullied into going for it on fourth by, by his own crowd. Oh, that's a great point, because I wanted to bring up, he... He goes for it 10 yards before that and then yeah. punts. Right. Like, if you're going to, I know it was fourth and one versus fourth and three, right? I think yes. It was fourth and inches versus You go three. fourth and inches from your own 30 something. But you won't go But then you won't go fourth from your own 40 something. Yeah. Or wherever they were. They was around. It was there. like the 39 yeah. or the 40. Yeah. Um, again, though, I think he kind of got bullied into it. If you saw the sequence, Tomlin's got fourth and inches, yeah, from like his own 30. There's like five minutes to go. They're down three. He sends the punt unit on the yes. field. And it's the loudest booing you've heard from a home crowd like that you'll hear. And then he calls timeout, which, by the way, that's kind of valuable because you already only uh-huh. had two. You're try- if you're going to give them the ball, you're going to need that timeout. So he sends the punt unit out, calls timeout, brings Trubisky back on the field to sneak it. And I really wondered I, he, if, he, if it was even true. He would never admit to it. But I really wondered if he kind of got bullied into going for that. I have been told, uh, a friend of mine was texting me, he was listening to our sister station in Pittsburgh this morning, the fan, and last night, and I, I'm not that this would be a surprise, he said that they are just all over and over Mike Tomlin, like, oh, yeah. they are calling left and right for him to be gone in Pittsburgh. Well, for him, I mean, we- This is a guy that has never had a losing season. Right. And we, like we can relate to that conversation a little bit now because we've been having it with McDermott for a couple weeks now where you're trying to figure out you almost need to kind of put the record to the side to figure out the rest of it cuz the record is great. Like mm-hmm. Tomlin is 170 and 99. Oof. That's like his record is incredible. Never had a below 500 season. It's it's awesome. I mean but, that that's a that's really a yeah. testament in this league. What I guess though that Pittsburgh is talking about this morning are two things, and they're the same two things that Bills fans will call about with McDermott. It's what's happening this year, and, you know, late-game miscues, you know, like game management stuff, the offense, I mean, that's more pronounced there than here, has been criticized. So one of it, it one is what's happening this year. The second element is <laughs> failed success in the playoffs. And that, of course, we know McDermott gets a lot of heat for. Tomlin... Tomlin has won, has not won a playoff game in seven years. That's probably what they're mentioning is, hey, this guy has not won a playoff game in seven years. He's not won a, the Super Bowl he won was 15 years ago. If he doesn't win that Super Bowl, I mean, the Steelers are a different organization. Coach? They probably still are because they, they love stability, right? That's true. But the, the conversation probably would have changed years ago. Uh, right, this would have started... Right, in 2020, as right. opposed to 2023. Right, yeah, maybe something extent. like that, right? But it kind of is an interesting case study of the guys won a Super Bowl, the guy has a good record every year, so does he just have the job for life? Because that kind of appears... Pit, but Pittsburgh, again, is an organization where that kind of is true anyway. Yeah, they've had three coaches. They've had three ever. coaches ever. 
That's so, amazing in itself. Like, I think Tomlin just keeps going there. As much as they, like, Filipponi's tweeting this morning about trading him, right, to the commanders. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Is that what he's tweeting? He's trading him for a first round pick. Like, you wouldn't fire him, right? Like, because another organization would want him. Yeah. So you trade him. I, I doubt Pittsburgh would ever do that, but it will be interesting. Like, they're going to go back into next year with Pickett and Tomlin, aren't they? I think so. Yeah. I mean, look, it's not done yet. They, so, they're still fighting for the playoffs. What does it take, though? Does it only take, let's say they miss this year, does it only take one bad year before they move on from him, like record wise? If they go six and eleven next year, is that it for Tomlin? Like, is he is he on the hot seat going into next year, or is again he built enough goodwill where he can survive a season like that? Maybe he can survive multiple more seasons like that. Our buddy John Ledyard does a Steelers podcast now, and I didn't listen to it, but the gist I get from the one he just recently put out and people responding is, I think he's calling for a change and saying it's it's overdue. Like they need one out there, and fans are like, yeah, like I'm I'm glad you're saying it because people don't usually say that. They have been calling, they have been saying that in Pittsburgh for a while, and now we'll see uh, what they do. In the meantime, you can give us a call eight zero three zero five fifty, and when you do, we're getting connected with you, our fans. And it is brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. We'll also touch on the Patriots side of last night. Let's get to the Sabres. Big win. we got to give the Sabres a little love and you know recognition for the game and the win last night. But what does it mean? What does it mean for them going forward after a big win against the Boston Bruins? We will have Sean McDermott for his weekly radio interview just after 11 a.m. Patrick Hammer is going to join us at 1130 with Kansas City weather. And right now, though, it's time for a break. We'll be back in a snap. Brought to you by Snapdragon Apples, the official apple of the Buffalo Bills. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Oh, it's been so exciting. Just seeing him kind of take his game to the next level. Seeing him kind of gain some confidence. I know that feeling as a rookie coming in, your head spinning, you're just trying to line up in the right spot, but we've been lining him up everywhere. He's been catching everything that's been thrown to him, and he just adds a whole different dynamic to the offense, so it's been awesome kind of seeing him just stack good games by good games. How about Joe Brady? We'll see if Dawson Knox, that was him, 
gets activated from the IR. Joe, we do know he's activated off the bachelor list. Got engaged, Dawson, last yes. week. Yeah. So good for him. Congratulations. Now we'll see if he actually plays for the Buffalo Bills this weekend. And that's where Butch wants to go next. So let's go to Butch. First up here on WGR. What's up, buddy? My, my guys, I love both of you. Thanks so much for taking my call. I have a couple things that I would like to say with respect. Number one is I'm going to just jump into the Dawson Knox situation. I'm happy he's getting healthy and all, but no disrespect to him as a player. He's a great player. But the continuity that we have going forward, I like what we're doing now. I don't want no one to force feed what we're doing now and try to bring the 12 package back in and force feed it like we were doing in the first five or six games. I like to implement Dawson and let him just collaborate with everybody else and what he's doing and get in a few plays. But I like what I like what Kincaid is doing. I like to see, I like what Joe Brady's doing so far since he took over. Let's continue that and let's move forward. Now I just want to say this last thing. I'm gonna hang up, Sal. And I thank you so much for taking my call. I'm a U.S. I'm a United States veteran, United States Army veteran, and sometimes you know veterans. You know a lot of people in the world and like you guys and. A lot of schools and teachers do a lot of things for veterans. And a lot of them don't get the accolades that they deserve. Uh, we had the Buffalo Bills came to, to Veterans Hospital, uh, i say about maybe a, a few weeks, or maybe a few weeks ago. And they gave us all bags, the Buffalo Bills bags had gear in it. And inside the bag, uh, you know, little children like kindergartners and first graders write things to, to veterans. And I went in my bag about, you know, I went in my bag that day, but I put stuff out. But I, the other week I was reading something, and it really touched my heart. Whatever this school is, and I want to give a shout-out to it. It's called St. Andrew's Country Day School at 1545 Sheridan Drive, Kenmore, New York, 14221. Whatever teacher that uh, had their class write thank you and uh, had America and put a heart and, and colored it and, and and everything, I wanted to just say thank you so much. I had this on my wall. It, I look at it every day, and it touches my heart. It makes me feel very respectful of being a U.S. Army soldier. And I just want to say thank you so much because I know a lot of times these schools don't get the thank you from the veterans that they do from the children. And whatever the children are, thank the kids for us at that school because we at VA and all the veterans really appreciate them. Sal, thanks so much for taking my call. I love you guys. Enjoy the game. I love everybody out there, and have a great weekend. Thanks for your service, Butch. Thanks, Butch. Thank you so much, Dawson. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Um, Dawson Knox. It's a really interesting scenario with him coming back if he does get activated this week. And I don't know You know, if Sean will tell us that. I, don't, I doubt it. It's more of a strategy thing. We'll know by tomorrow at 4 o'clock. But we can ask him You know how he looked this week and, and, and where that's trending. Um, but if he does get activated, what's your expectation for how much he plays and how they use this? That's one where I, him, I, I don't say. even know what – a good guesses for that. Like it really could go either way. I think it could, he just be right back in there with them running the same amount of 12 personnel as before. Like, I think that's possible. What I'd prefer to see. And what I also think is also very, you know, among the likely outcomes too, is he takes Quentin Morris's snaps and you get a more productive player out from Knox doing that. No disrespect to Morris, but Knox, mm-hmm. you know, more accomplished player. And that's just kind of it. He plays a third of the snaps Third to forty percent, he blocks in line when they have run want to run the ball or run play action, and they utilize him in the red zone. But in terms of like twenties to twenties, it's third and long, and we got to have four guys out there running routes. I don't think he's one of them. I think you've got your three receivers and Dalton Kincaid that are doing that. 
Yeah, I, I, I wonder what the overall – we'll get a glimpse into what Joe Brady's overall philosophy might be this week because he'll have two weeks to prepare for it. He'll know he's getting Dawson back. It would seem If he's going to play, he probably knows he's that. He's had time to prepare for it, and we'll see kind of what a glimpse into what maybe he has for the vision of his offense on when they show up in Kansas City on Sunday. Let's go to Mike and Kenmore. What's going on, Mike? Mike, you there, buddy? I don't think we have Mike. One more time. Let me hit Mike one more time. Nope, I don't think so. All right. Anyway, uh, let's get to the Patriots side real quick because mm-hmm. that's another coaching situation for far different reasons. They could be headed for a change in the offseason. By the way, not because they won. Belichick can't become the losingest coach in Buffalo, right? He would have to. I think that's right. Is yeah. that right? That I think went away. Okay. Um, I'll double check that, but I think he would have had to lose all of his games going into Buffalo. <laughs> so we will not get that moment. But he could have. If it, that means it would be one week out. Means it could be against the Jets, the team that he left the note that said, "I'm not becoming the head coach of the New York Jets" after he was introduced as a head coach in the New York Jets with the whole Bill Parcells thing back a long time ago. That would be poetic as well to become the losingest coach in that game if the Jets were to beat them because they play each other week 18. In the meantime, uh, the Patriots are... Uh, here's my overall thought on the Patriots, Joe. After just seeing this team, I, I don't care the, the coaches next year. I don't care what draft pick. I think they're going to be bad for a while. And even if they make a change, I know you could turn some teams around. Yep. I just don't... I think they're so devoid of players on their team. Yeah, no, they're they not going to... I know they have cap space. They do have cap space. They're not going to fix around. that. And if they have a rookie quarterback come in, like, I don't know, especially the division they're in, I think they're going to be bad for a while. I think that's more likely, but I'm I'm open to them being able to turn it around. Like, it can turn, it has turned quick for some teams before. Like, how long did it really take the Bills? Did it take them two years? It took them like, 20. If you, well, it took them 20, <laughs> right. But, but once McDermott and Bean are here, like, yeah. if you hit on your quarterback, yeah, yeah. what's it take, two years? I guess, and look, I mean, but you got, but you got to really hit on the Shane quarterback. Shane Gable did it in one year, and now they're regressing, like the Bills did after one year and regressed. That's right, but, you know. But like, if they draft Drake May or Caleb Williams, mm-hmm. and one of, and they are great, then I think they turn it around to at least, you know, a Chargers degree. The Chargers are about as inept as you get, but they have the quarterback, so they've had two winning seasons in the last three years. Right. So you won't again. They're not a contender. And they have a lot of problems, but they still can beat you. They still made the playoffs once. They had another nine-win season. So, like, to me, if that quarterback is that great, that kind of becomes, I think, their floor. And on the flip side of that, if Belichick's gone and they bring in... If they they get the right coach and the right quarterback... It's almost likely. Okay, and if he's good... You know, then they'll probably go through a year at least where they're struggling, and then maybe year two is all right. They're competitive, and yeah, like I mean, what's a while? Also, like if, if at this point, as I'm breaking this down, I'm getting into now year three before they're really right. challenging the Bills and the Dolphins. And even if that happens, that's everything going right. And yeah, you're you're you might be talking like three years before they're really challenging you. It's just juicy to think about the Patriots like that. Let's go now to Mike and Kenmore. I think who's back on. Hi, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Thanks, guys. Yep. For taking the call. You got it. Uh, yeah, so I, I'll tell you where I'm going with this in a second. So I, I'm a huge Steelers fan, and I'm a huge Bills fan. I have Bills season tickets. I've had them for years. I love going to the games. Okay. I, I watch the games very critically, and I've always said that I think that Mike Tomlin is the worst winningest coach in history. Hmm. It, and it's evidenced by I feel like he squandered so many of those Steelers teams with the great defenses, all the superstars they had on. And uh, several weeks ago, 
I started thinking the same thing about McDermott. Like, I watch these games, and it's exactly mirroring what I saw with the Steelers all these years. Late-game blunders, bad coaching, being outcoached by by other teams, other teams in our conference. I just – we have a generational talent in in Josh Allen, and I see him just being squandered like I saw the Steelers being squandered for the past 15 years. McDermott has to go just like I think Tomlin has to go. I think McDermott constantly the, – the teams win despite him, not because of him. So many times in watching the Steelers and the Bills, I, I see te- the games being lost because of these two head coaches, and very seldom do I ever watch a game and say, wow, you know what? McDermott won that game. His game plan, out, he outcoached Belichick. He outcoached Andy Reid. He outcoached whoever. I, I just never see it. And – you know, I'm glad that he made the move at offensive coordinator. I don't know if that was really what needed to be done, but the offense showed up. You know, with that happening, if if he doesn't, if he makes it through this season and he's not gone, and we don't have a top tier offensive coordinator, you know, brought in, then he's got to go because he's not acknowledging the fact that that we have a once in a lifetime or once in a generational talent, and something needs to be done. I it's just how I feel. I'll I'll hang up and let. Let's hear what you guys say. Thanks for the call. There are there are a lot of similarity, similarities between the two. I mean, heck, they were college teammates, by the way, at William & Mary. Mm-hmm. Defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I think that... The difference the, is Tomlin won right away. Yeah. And, and that's think, very... And I do think game-wise coaching, wouldn't you say Sean is much more aggressive than Mike Tomlin? I, like he 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 rates highly oh, a lot of those oh for sure. like fourth down thing. I know right, people love are... to say McDermott's so conservative. He actually rates really high in a lot of those things where Tomlin does not. Yeah, there are moments. There are definitely moments where McDermott is too conservative. But yeah. on the larger scale, yeah, he is severely more aggressive in those decisions than Tomlin is. Tomlin really has never been that, even when he had Roethlisberger. Like, even when you had the offense and you thought, oh, that's capable of getting me the fourth and three, you still wouldn't go for it on fourth and three. So, yeah, Tomlin is about as conservative as it gets on that front. And and I, um, I could be wrong in this, but my brain tells me analytics could say different and you could look in the stats. I would think Tomlin's defenses over the years have been far more aggressive approaching in nature than McDermott's. Like, McDermott plays this, mm-hmm. you know, hey— don't give him about big plays. Be fundamentally sound. Keep everything in front of you. They don't blitz a lot, especially with Leslie Frazier. Yeah. I think Tomlin's been kind of the opposite on defense. It feels right. It feels right. The the similarity or the, the the point. I don't know where we're trying to draw Tomlin into that. Is kind of like the idea of wasting, you know, Allen's prime a little bit is kind of the the point. I think the caller's trying yeah. to make there. Tomlin's not the one I would even point to for that. Like in in when he said when he said I think Tomlin's the worst coach, the wor- the worst, worst winning coach. coach. Ever, yeah. Like the name that popped immediately into my head was McCarthy, not I was thinking not, the same thing. not Tomlin. Yeah, Mike McCarthy. Because McCarthy would be one where I'd want. I said this about him before that he had a great record in Green Bay, and I feel like it's kind of unbelievable they only won and got to one Super Bowl with that. They had an MVP level quarterback for 13 years with that coach and quarterback, and they reached one Super Bowl, and that was it. And that's great. Like I'm, you know, you'd take that if you, especially with the Bills, you would take that. But you're capable of so much more when you have a guy like that. And for McCarthy, a lot of it was coaching decisions. And I don't think McDermott is that bad at stuff like that. Like McCarthy can't even, you know, like for him, it's like why am I? The, the, what was it last year against San Francisco where they lost the game because 
He tried to run up the middle with like 12 seconds left, and they couldn't spike it in time. You could tell me there are moments like that for McDermott, too. 13 seconds will come up, I'm sure. Um, but that, to me, is the guy you want to compare to, not not Tomlin. And we're we're still, you know, as much as it feels like we've been in this forever, you know, you might say, like, it'll be unbelievable if Sean McDermott is back next year if that happens. McDermott is in year, what are we in, year seven? Seven. With him as a head coach? Allen and six. McCarthy got 13. Tomlin is on year 15 after that Super Bowl. Like, once, when you've got a record like that, you're going to, if at a quarterback like that especially, you're kind of just going to go for a really long time. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, holding my breath thinking that they're, like, ready to make a change this summer. Sabres beat the Bruins last night. Nice win, 3-1. to one. We'll talk about that, and we'll get you ready for Sean McDermott on the other side of the 11 o'clock hour as he joins us for his weekly radio interview. Sal Capaccio, Siggy Joe DiBiase, the Extra Point Show here on WGR. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, Joel, I'm ready for it. Sorry, sorry, Eric Comrie, but... They can just wave him, and let's go with Devin Levi and UPL. I mean, I love what I saw last night from Devin Levi. His return back to the New England area. Big win last night. Lots of saves. Mm-hmm. It's some big saves, too, by the way. I'm ready for it. Yeah, that was encouraging. Uh, Levi, Levi was unbelievable last night. Yeah. Like, the whole game through. He wasn't tested a lot in the first period, so it kind of didn't get going for him until late where he was, you know, having to make saves. But, yeah, Levi was great. And really, just you, could, you don't even have to do this that scientifically. How many good games has... Lukanen's had, like, what, six good, good games? Let's leave him out for a second. How many good games has Devin Levi had this year? I count, like, four. Sure. And he might have the best game of any goalie when he basically carried them to beat the Minnesota Wild a couple weeks ago. So he's got, like, four good games on the year. Go look at Eric Comrie's stats and tell me he has more than one good game. Go look at his game log and tell me he has more than the first game that he played of the year. And that's it. I don't. You don't really even say much more than that. As inconsistent as Levi's been, because he's a rookie, he has been more consistent than Eric Comrie has been. So, I said this yesterday on Comrie. Like, he he's been a professional hockey player for eight years. He spent a major, mm-hmm. spent a majority of that time in the AHL, and of the time he has spent in the NHL, the only sample size that says he's an NHL goalie is one 19 game season with Winnipeg. Everything else says he's probably an AHL goaltender. So. Make him that. I mean, what what's what, what are they? What would they be? What would be the downside? The risk? Someone claims them? Uh, I mean, pretty much. I mean, that's it. And I don't. And are you really going really... to worry too much about that at this point? No, I, I'm not. I, I think. And I know, don't think anyone's claiming them. Maybe. Here, here's, I don't know. Here's another. I'd way. have to look around the league. You'd know more than me. Like, is there a team that needs another goalie? I mean, they could say, yeah, we'll we'll grab him and put him on our roster. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I don't see anybody on paper that would, right. but maybe somebody, maybe Winnipeg would want him back, although no, they have Brassois back, so they don't want to do that. Um, yeah, he might go unclaimed, and again, like, 
Like, your alternative is what? Okay, let's say he does get claimed. All right, now suddenly my third goaltender is Dustin Tokarski again because he used to be that, and now he's back in Rochester. And if you look at Dustin Tokarski, he played 42 games for the Sabres in two years. He had a 902 save percentage. Okay. That's better than Eric Comrie. Right. So, I mean, I can live with that as my third goalie like, if I have to put him in an emergency situation. Right. I don't want him to have to play a lot right. of games. Um, Comrie's sitting on an 880. Like that's that's like almost like an ECHL goaltender trying to make it in the NHL. Like it's just, it's, it's I think it's time. Like it's just time to like, you don't have to have three goalies. There's enough games. If you're worried about Levi getting enough games to go around in Buffalo for development purposes, it's not like to me Lukanen's going to play sixty games. He might be your number one, but there should be thirty-five to forty games still left over for Levi, which. Hey, everyone you want we should keep pointing out it is his first time playing a schedule this rigorous. So, you want to play him 35 to 40 games. That is still giving him a taste of an increased workload without, you know, having to put too much on his plate. I think it actually would be a nice setup for Levi that he's going to play once or twice a week. He doesn't have to play every night. Lukanen's there to take a bunch of the of the workload and this season can be still about Levi's development while being their second best goaltender. Yeah, I mean, there's still a big hurdle, big mountain for them to climb, teams to climb over, but very encouraging last night. One of those teams is the Montreal Canadiens. The Sabres take on the Canadiens tomorrow night. They'll be here in Buffalo. Uh, we'll have the game, of course, here on WGR. And then on top of that, I mean, look, there's a saying that says one man's trash, another man's treasure. I don't want to say it like that, but it kind of reminds me of a guy like Robinson who gets traded, just has no role in Columbus. They're like, okay. But he might have a nice role here in Buffalo after what I saw last night. That one I will say, like, hey, good, good game by him. Okay, I'm not just, expecting anything. I'm just like that might just be the adrenaline of a okay. first game with I, a new team. I can I can appreciate that, and it could be. So we'll see. Could but he also have, have could he also have a bottom six role though? That something they need. I think you know the thing I thought about yesterday with him is I wonder if this means anything for Sam Gergens's injury. Like, did they find right. out? Because Granado told right. us a lot about guys coming back on Tuesday, but on. Zemgis, he said that that might be later in the week before they know anything. Okay, and I wonder if they found out that he might be a little bit longer because Robinson just basically plugged into his role. He's playing yeah. with Krebs and Oposo, and he's playing on the penalty kill, so he might just be Zemgis insurance. What do we know about Darlene? Day to day, right? I guess, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe tomorrow, right? Is that possible? He could play a plan? He was game time yesterday, okay. so I'd imagine that means he's... he's I mean, even without Darlene and without Tuck, you know, to go into Boston and win 3-1. to one. Nice win for the Sabres, but you got to do it more consistently. Nice start to the game. They finally came out with energy. The, boy, what, 19-5 to five was it in shots on goal first period? Is that what it was? Yeah. Like my number's right? Yeah. Um, man, that's a, that's a great start. That's the kind of thing they need more of. This... Granado says it. it's an unforgiving league. No one's just going to give you anything. you got to go out and earn it, and I think last night they did. That's a nice sign. Let's get more of that. All right, we'll take a timeout. Sean McDermott, Buffalo Bills head coach, joins us on the other side of this timeout. Uh, we got a lot more coming your way here on the Extra Point Show on a Buffalo football Friday. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase with you here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your-
your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.